Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Comics Is Our Better podcast, where we talk about the world of indie comics. I am one of your hosts, Brian, and with me, as always, are Carrie. Hello. And Richard. Hey. Hey, I'm glad that you guys are with me today to talk about the wonderful world of indie comics. But before so, we'd like to uh, break the ice and we're going to have a quick question Uh, with, um, you know, like with everything going on in the the world of video games, especially with the um, Suicide Squad kills the Justice League game, where there's a lot of problems with that game. Let's just say so that's coming out soon. Um, And also um, the Hellboy game that has been announced a few weeks ago that it has uh, Mike Mignola inspired art in it which that that sounds pretty cool in my personal opinion i was wondering if uh there's any indie comics that you think would make a good video game it doesn't have to be action or anything it could be any type of video game what what would you like to see um i have uh what's the name uh oh yeah so you know stardew valley yes so a garlic and the witch garlic and the vampire stardew valley type game would be very neat Oh my god! Oh yes, that's like the ultimate cozy game, right there. That would there. be so amazing. Is, I love that. that yeah, just the, like stuff that we've covered, just off the top of my head, I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be super fun. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, for me, it would be, and I really hate saying this because I don't want to give this motherfucker any money, but I would do Warren Ellis's Fell, um, mm-hmm. stylized as like an indie mystery game nice with like because it has like horror um elements in it so i think it'd be like really fun and kind of creepy kind of like a point and click adventure yeah, yeah yeah i was actually thinking of like um you know like the first person like golden eye mm-hmm. video game okay. i was kind of thinking like that but like not so much like shooting and shit Ooh, but nice but there's sort of like that there's a game called disco elysium that you might like if that sounds like something because that sounds like disco elysium to me yeah i um, just don't want to give one out yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, don't give money. Um, mine, um, there's a game called, or sorry, comic called Wasted Space that we haven't covered at all, but basically it's uh, about a, a person who was chosen as a prophet, and it turns out that they were used to like put a terrible person into power. It's a sci fi book that takes place in space, and then he's now basically living a life of debauchery, but then he finds out later that uh, he's got to go um, on a quest to basically kill that god. And so I think, and, and there's a lot of morality. There's a lot of decisions and choices. So kind of like a morality-based action-like shooter game would be kind of cool to see Waste of Space. Yeah. And it's um, but it's a guy who did um, who did that Above Snakes recently, and um, and Thumbs, and trying, and like there was the book um, the Mind Mind MGMT, the uh, mm-hmm. the one that, but that would make a good comic or a, so- a good video game. Definitely. Oh, I have it right here. Uh, Pharrell Dalrymple. No, that's not it. That, he was the original my MGMT. Oh, artist. maybe, maybe. Okay. Um. Then I'm then I'm out of uh think things that could be helpful, my friend. Okay. Oh no, no worries. No worries. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. But um, all right. Well, we are going to have a great episode today. Besides my memory escaping me, um, we actually have a pretty loaded episode. Uh, we're gonna actually start with um some sad news so i wanted to bring this up because um it there was kind of some interesting things that had happened um after this uh there's a um a cartoonist from the um from netherlands named dina norland and she um passed away 
uh, last week at 27 years old from cancer. And that's mm-hmm. really sad. Um, I, um, I was not really familiar with her work, um, but at the same time, as I'm reading this, I'm picking the books I'm going to pick up this week. And one of them actually happens to be her book, the Snowcat Prince. It was being, it's being released in English by Oni and just happens to be being released by chance the week after she passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so it, the book looks amazing. And like um, there, you know, I covered Schubeck Lubeck last week and then this book and next week we're going to be covering a, another book that was translated into English. And I've kind of come to the um, to the decision that I might just check out all books that are translated into English going forward, because if it's worth the time and the money to do that, it's probably, it's probably quality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that's one of my new rules of comics, just like, you know, if a, if a good artist is writing a book and they decide another artist is going to draw it for them, it's probably a good a, a well-drawn book <laughs> that's another <laughs> one those, those constants in my head when it comes to comics but yeah it's really sad um obviously like you know that she passed away she had a kickstarter going last mm. year actually i'm sorry in 2021 when she got diagnosed with cancer and she had to put that on hold so it's just mm. you know like what looks like a very you know talented person you know it doesn't make it less or more sad that they were talented but it's just you know like Miss opportunity, this you know, yeah. of what they're coming out with. So, but now we'll move on to some more. Uh, it's news. a bummer <laughs> so, that you had um, real sad news because when you opened and said you had sad news, I was going to talk about my hero, the Dilbert artist, getting canceled. I thought that's what we we're going to be sad <laughs> about. <laughs> oh yes, yes. But then you had real sad news, oh. and I was just like, "Well, we're not going to do that bit. We're just going to let that bit so, go." So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're now a pro segregation um, podcast. Oh my god! Like, well, that's what he was saying, Scott Adams. Oh I'm yeah, totally joking. Just for the record, don't don't isolate that. Don't make me edit. <laughs> no, 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 no. Please isolate that. It'll teach Brian some responsibility. I understand. I, okay. I I don't understand why white people like to repeat stuff that's like, hey, if this gets isolated without context, it's really bad for me. It seems yeah. to be something that white people like enjoy doing that are like really good people. But it's just like yeah. you can just allude to the thing. You don't have to actually say it, yeah. and then that way it exactly. can be clipped and put out, taken out of context. <laughs> Like, just don't say the thing, even to be like, even when saying the thing is bad, just don't say the thing, because that way there's no uh, gray area there. I know. My foot is firmly into my mouth right now. Just all the way in there. That said, you know, leather comes from cows. We all like a good steak, so maybe that works. I don't know. (laughs) That's true. That's true. He's my white person. (laughs) I'm responsible for him. Oh, we still love him. That's all that matters. I know. I'm glad that you still love we him. Know, we know he's a good human at heart and we still love him. Yes. I know. He just, he just makes stupid jokes. Yes. <laughs> just, I just have to say, before we got on the episode, I told him, don't make me edit. I, it's a busy <laughs> night. I'm yeah. going to do as little editing okay. as possible. And that's it. That bad. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, Fantastic. It's, it's a good time as any to go ahead and go into our spotlights. Um, Richard. Richard even gave you a pass. He said, "We're not doing the bit. We're not doing the bit." Yeah. I this can't let it go. True. 
<laughs> well, okay, good. Yeah, my, go, the go, book go, that go. I'm spotlighting is a book that I guess Brian will no, not do. <laughs> I, for the record, I love this book. I read it. I read it too. So, but go no, ahead. no, no, no. Brian wants this book at a different comic book shop, a separate comic book shop. Oh my God. Yeah. I think we all right, it. all right. Let's let's get back on track. Let's be good. All right. So, um, <laughs> what I took a look at is uh, Monarch Number One by Rodney Barnes, Alex Lids, and Lewis. Is it Lewis NCT? Is that just how we're pronouncing that? Because there's no uh, vowels. I'm guessing that's that's how you pronounce it. That that's okay. Right. So L- Luis NCT. Yeah. This book opens up with like what could only seem like a uh, alien attack. You just see like laser beams getting shot at a school from the sky, and then like we get a flashback to earlier, and we meet a young a young man named uh, Trevon, and he's getting ready for school. And as he's home, you see him get ready, and then you see a little girl. You assume it's his sister, but apparently Trevon is someone who's being fostered. And, like, they, they call each other godbrother and godsister to his, uh, this little girl that's also being fostered. Um, but Trevon is, like, he he's very happy to be in this house. I guess he bounced around a lot. And this is, like, the first place that really felt like home. And you still keep hearing about someone named Zion, and like Zion's gonna be waiting for him. So as soon as he walks out the house, he sees like a little a gang of boys, and one with cornrows, who I assume is Zion. Zion just chases him. He runs all the way to he runs in scooters all the way to school, and basically uh, gets through school, gets on the other side of the gate, and then this girl locks the gate for him. And Zion's like, "I'm gonna get you," and you know he's like, "Well, not not now." Because I, I made it to school, and what we find out is that Zion is a, was once friends with Trevon, and they were fostered together in that home. And I guess he just like he did not handle the fostering really well, so he like ended up getting himself kicked out, and also he got kicked out or dropped out of school, and seems to just basically be taking things out on uh, Trevon because just on the premise that uh, things worked out for him. <laughs> like basically, he was just like we went in there together. Uh, like you seem to have a happy life. My life is shitty. And so I'm going to like resent you and beat you up because of it. Uh, so basically fast forward, they're at the school, I guess uh, Zion's able to sneak his way in by like putting his hood up and he knocks Trevon out, like punches, you know, cold clocks him, jumps on top of him, just beating the shit out of him. And while that's happening, Apparently, an alien invasion just starts. <laughs> the aliens just start shooting down indiscriminately, mass, uh, massacring a bunch of the students. Uh, Zion has a gun, so he pulls that out and tries to shoot back at the aliens. Uh, he gets hit by the alien stuff, but apparently he's just maimed and not, uh, not uh, killed. So Trevon is able to get back into the school. Him... Uh, his friend Todd and his girlfriend, they, they've been there for three weeks. They haven't gone, been able to leave. So wow. finally, Trevon's like, I'm, they're out of fruit and water. He's like, I'm going to try to go off for supplies. He tells him, like, I promise you I'm not going to die. And then he gets uh, ambushed by Zion with his gun. But Zion's actually missing an arm now and missing an eye from whatever those laser beams that hit him. And so basically he's just like, he goes, to, or this is at the, the foster house. The foster family seems to be completely dead. And then uh, Zion's like, well, I'm going to send you to heaven with them because even though it's the apocalypse, I'm still kind of a dick. And 
essentially a spaceship takes down Zion and abducts uh, Trevon into the ship. And that's end of scene for issue one. Can't wait oh, to wow. find out what happens next. It looks like Zion's probably going to get powers or something, but it cool. seems really neat. That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds good. The The art was really cool, too. The art and, was really, yeah, it's really cool, yeah. really pretty. Nice, and, muted character designs. Like, I don't want to just make it a black thing, but, like, it definitely was scratching <laughs> a uh, a bitter root size itch that I had that I didn't know needed scratching. <laughs> it it reminded me a lot of, um, of Attack the Block. Which was like John Boyega's like first movie before Star Wars that he did. Oh, I've, I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. The uh, kids seemed very much to be in high school, but they were mm-hmm. they seemed to be drawn a lot younger. Did you not did you not feel that way? I did. Yes, totally. They there's definitely they look like children, and oh, like even yeah. more so than than expected. And then the the little sister no. um, was like even like she looked like she shouldn't be going to school. <laughs> like, right, right, right. <laughs> she was like young, like like a toddler. So oh wow. So that that's a good. But she was definitely written that she was in school, Carrie. But like yeah. just the the way that the character designed, like she looked like she was too young for school. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah, no, like no, it's that. really cute. No, no, I really, really enjoyed it. It was a really quick read too. Like, I, I've cracked it open and like I got really into it. I was like, wait, it's over already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good sign and of a of a good book, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But now, Monarch number one, definitely looking forward to the next issues. Definite recommend for me. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have that on my list as well. Definitely, very cool. All right. Well, I, I guess I'll go next. Um, I have. For you all, uh, Carmilla, the first vampire by Amy Chu, Su Lee, and Saul Cipriano, uh, from Dark Horse slash Burger Books. Um, you might recognize the name Burger in case you don't. Like Karen Burger it's was Karen Burger. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. this is her imprint that that she has with Dark Dark Horse. They haven't done much lately, but yeah, this book is definitely. Oh, we should also say that if no one knows, Karen Berger is like the uh, person that spearheaded Vertigo at DC way back mm-hmm. in the uh, late eighties, early nineties. Oh, <laughs> yep. very cool. Yes, yeah. yeah. And this is definitely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. When you hear that, Karen, you're like, oh, okay, that's a certain level of quality that we all understand. <laughs> oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, and uh, and and this book, you know, just like a lot of our other books that she has in this imprint, are like Vertigo quality books, and mm-hmm. so um, this is um plus also um amy chu you might know her she's currently doing a few things for um for marvel including the uh the current uh, dr afra series for star wars mm. and um and she she's done a few other other books as well and and she's actually been one of those those um writers that i've been kind of following if i see her name on something i'll pick it up and that was one of the reasons why i picked this up um, in fact, this came out physically. Um, I don't know why I said it that way. This came out physically um, about three or four weeks ago, and unfortunately, I was looking all over for a digital copy of it because I don't have a, a local shop at this time, and I couldn't find one. And then, fortunately, it came out last week um, oh, nice. digitally. So, so I picked it up on my tablet, read it right away. Absolutely enjoyed it. Very um, cool. Definitely recommend. Um, so, real quick. Uh, synopsis of the story uh it's about athena she's a um, social worker in the uh lower east side of manhattan um she she is uh either first or second generation um her grandfather was was born in in china but you know, i'm not sure whether or not her parents were born in china but um they had died 
uh, when she was quite young in the car accident that she was also involved in. Um, but she survived. And uh, obviously, because we're talking about her now in this book. <laughs> and so um, what, what happened was one of the one of the uh, the people that was at the shelter that she works at um, just gets is found dead. And she finds out that there's about three or four other women about the same age, same builder that that have that have been found randomly dead in this in this neighborhood as well. And um, it all kind of points to a club called Carmilla's that had just opened up. It, it was originally a church, and they made a nightclub out of it. And she's um, so she go she goes there to kind of investigate to see what's going on and, and try to protect, you know, like you know the other people that she's um, that she's taking care of as a social worker. Um, and then she's at the same time she's also um in a long-term relationship with a nurse um they've uh like been married for about five or six years and seem pretty tight but unfortunately that kind of gets loose during this story um but she meets uh violet who is the um the the person taking the coats at this club and um and she, and um from there um, when she leaves, their coat's gone. <laughs> and about a couple days later, Violet shows up at her house and is like, oh, I was borrowing your coat because it was really cold that day. Please don't tell anyone or I'll get fired. Well, she finds out that Violet doesn't have a place to live, so she lets them her live in her house for a little, or her apartment for a while. And unfortunately, that just causes a lot of tension and problems, and it's all pretty much you can kind of tell it's orchestrated by uh by violet um and meanwhile um athena is looking for this carmilla person because she feels like she's behind these murders um and she is and um she the, the only thing she could find is a book that was in the um like the classics section of the of the library in manhattan that um she she steals so she can read it and um she um and, and it's all about it's basically the first vampire story it, it predates it predates dracula by four months like four years or four months like but but sometime and it's all about carmilla and that's the only thing she could find about that name so she's reading that book as she's trying to investigate and she kind of starts finding out that maybe those two things are associated with each other hmm. so that's kind of in a nutshell very cool um the the artwork and the coloring i know like i try not to compare too much to other artists and writers because everyone has their own style or like that but um i think what really made me enjoy this and kind of gave it that gritty feel to it it um it had kind of a um a frank miller like dark knight return slash year one kind of like feel to the artwork oh, and, and and this story was definitely a lot more palatable than the than the, the stories cool. but i um but yeah it definitely has that kind of scratchy feel and that and then the coloring is very like lightly done on on the on the pages so it kind of it just instantly put me in like a world like a cd world where everyone's in danger you know <laughs> so, and that works you know for the story so um yeah big big recommend um you know, I I I definitely um, hope that uh, you all check it out. It's actually not too pricey either on uh, digitally, so awesome. and it's on Comicsology, so very it's, cool. It's very easy, easy to obtain. All right.
Nice. So, um, Carrie has a spotlight. I have a spotlight. And... and I won't bore you with a lot of the details, but it was Phantom Phantom Limb. Oh, not Phantom Limb. Road. Not Phantom Limb. Phantom <laughs> Road. Thank you. God damn it. I have to fucking edit. I'm so pissed. I told you all edit. Ah! My father's an amputee. That's why I said Phantom Road. Yeah. Okay. Plus there's some of the shins. Um, okay. And the guy in the Venture uh, Brothers. Yes. Oh, okay. uh, yes. Oh, my God. Okay. Starting over. Good. Okay. I have a spotlight. Wait, I'm going to leave a break. Okay. Um, I have a spotlight. It's called Phantom Road Number 1 by Jeff Lemire, Gabriel H. Walta, and Jordi Belair. It's an image book. Um, It's really good. Basically, like, we all read it, and um, we all kind of, like, talked about how awesome it was. So it's a little fucked up. Like, it's a trucker. And he's um, a long haul driver. So he's on the road a lot. You see him um, kind of like in his daily routine, you know, meeting people and like talking to people and trucking. He goes home and with his wife. (laughs) Yeah. Back to his wife. And like, and instead of having like a really like good reunion, um, like they have a really fucked up relationship. Uh, uh, Apparently he's always gone or she feels that way. He feels that she doesn't take good care of like their son or their household. So like they're arguing and they're arguing in front of the kid and the kids underneath the table. And it's really sad. And then he's like, fuck it. I'm getting back on the road. And so she was really pissed off that he gets back on the road. And then, you know, I'm sure he's like lost in his own thoughts. And so he goes and he um, ends up like almost hitting a car. And anyways, it creates like a car accident scene. So, um, uh, one of the one of the people in the car like they get out and then it's a it's a young woman and she's just like uh like what the fuck so like they're kind of like talking and all of a sudden like there's like these alien looking zombie things and so they're like what the fuck and so she actually gets into his cab like while they were both out of it and she <laughs> closes it on him he was, it was such a like, dick move. It was <laughs> such a dick move. And she was just like, he, he was like, fucking let me in. And she was like, fuck you. No, I'm not. Like, there is like, I don't know what this is. So um he ends up getting in, but um, it's a very like treacherous um instance with the with the thing and then or like little like creepy zombie people. And um, and he they think that they've taken care of like the one or two that pop up on them, and all of a sudden you look out and there's like a horde of them. So he just fucking like gets a crowbar and he goes to town, probably also getting rid of some of that household aggression, which was probably mm-hmm. very nice for him. But like, that's how essentially it ends. Yeah. So it's it starts fucked up and ends up even more fucked up. And you have no idea what the hell is yeah. happening. It is so awesome. The coloring is it's very like desolate looking and it's very kind of bland, but not in a bad way. It's just very, it's really sets the tone. I think the artwork and the coloring are really good. And I feel like they're making it so that way you feel like you feel like it's modern. Well, let me put it to you this way. Like, I feel like it can happen at any point in time because it does feel very modern with like the way people are dressed and like the, like the way it looks, but can also feel like very like post-apocalyptic. Or also, like, it takes place in a different, um, say, different generation, a different um, dimension. Dimension. Thank well, you. That's what I so, kind of like, feel. Yeah. So it's it feels very just like 
otherworldly, but also of our world. So it's a really yeah. cool. It, it's a really cool vibe. I like it a lot. It, it feels in like there's a definitely a color palette change. Um, right after the accident, it feels like they get transported to a different dimension. Yeah, and maybe that was implied. Yeah. Um, I also have to say, like, fuck you to Jeff Lemire. Why do you got to make your book so goddamn sad? Jeff Lemire makes two great types of books: sad books and surreal books. And this is both. <laughs> I mean, like. I could have done without the child trauma. Yes. I was just like that poor baby. I, He's like watching his parents fight. But anyways, good job. Doug. I really want to do baby. Royal City one day, but it's just going to make you all cry. <laughs> I, I like it was like, Richard, yeah. did you like the book? The Phantom? I really liked the book. I, I actually had a question. The mm-hmm. car accident. Did he did he almost did he cause it? Because it seemed like it seems like when we see he, it, it's framed as he caused it. But then. When they get out the car and the girl's yelling, did you see the thing? Did you see the thing? I think I, I kind of felt like yeah. maybe they had gotten to their their situation right before he got there. That's oh, the, that's the, right. That's kind of the vibe right. I got. And there's this object, and that's what was kind of cool about it too. Was right, like, right, yeah. That, they the, were, the, the little object yeah. thing that he had to go snatch. Oh. Yeah, they were running away, and then all of a sudden she's like, "Do you feel like you need to go back and get that object?" And he's like, uh, "No." And then he's like, "You're crazy." And they're like, "No, like you feel it, don't you?" And then that's why they stopped. And right, right. That's why back. he had to go crowbar like the twenty something yeah. uh, zombies or whatever. Yeah, I forgot that. Just part, if if so you see something that you don't recognize in the street, don't pick it up. It's funny. This book, uh, that first issue, actually, it it um, or I don't think the premise is exactly the same, but it starts out like a book that I kind of wanted to do for a spotlight, so I won't even name it in case it comes up mm-hmm. in the future. But like, mm-hmm. it's like one of those things that, like, I was like, oh, I've been wanting to do this book for a while, and this is giving me that very same vibe. At least, at least the opening. It seems like premise-wise, it'll probably be two very different things. But just that opening issue is like, oh, yeah, I kind of seen this before. Another book that I thoroughly enjoy. <laughs> oh, that's fun, though. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, this was like a book I went in totally blind. I had no idea. I just, I mean, I like I like Lemire, obviously. I'm actually wearing my Descender t-shirt right now. That was Nerd. on purpose. Nice. Um, <laughs> and then, um, and I love Gabriel Walta, or, or Hernandez Walta, I think. Is the yeah, Gabriel before. Hernandez Walta. Um, and because they did sentient together for TKO, which I have on my bookshelf, very unorganized bookshelf behind me. Oh, yeah. And um, and um, I've been meaning to read that because I like because like he did the um the vision with Tom King. Yeah, I know. And I, and I love his artwork. So yeah, no, like it's always I'll, really good. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry. it was um like uh I, I I mean I think we've had this conversation before how like I wasn't too into Lemire but I had oh, I had not read creator own stuff I'd mostly read like Marvel stuff and DC stuff and I thought it yeah. was very hit or miss but like between this and uh Little Monsters I'm like oh my bad I apologize sir <laughs> I completely misevaluated you because like you make books that I really enjoy maybe you just thought <laughs> you know some people aren't made to like be pigeonholed like in that uh the big two system or whatever. Absolutely, 100%. I, so I hear like like there's stuff in the big two that he has done that I hear is really good. Like mm-hmm. um, I I've never read his uh new fifty two Green Arrow, but I've been meaning to. Yeah. But I heard that was great. It was it was good. Uh, that's actually what introduced me to him was was oh, okay. that, and then and then I started getting into like his his indie stuff afterwards. And yeah, I I definitely I definitely recommend that. And that was with Andrea Sorrentino, who right? They, oh, and then, always great, always great. Yeah, exactly. And and they did um. Uh, what's it called? The Black Barn. What's that book called? Oh my oh, god, something mythos or whatever. 
No. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. My brain is not working today. So, um, yeah. But um, that is a great series that I've been meaning to, to get you all to do, if I can ever remember the name of it. Um, Gideon Falls. Oh, Gideon Falls. Uh, yeah, I've heard yeah. good things about it, but I've never touched it. Yeah, that's a super good book. So maybe maybe next season I'll be doing like all the books I've been wanting to get you guys to read. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> okay. So, well, I think that's about it for our spotlights. Yes. So you all are ready to move along to our main subject, yes. which I'm very happy to say is uh, Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of, of the King of Comics by Tom Scioli. That's all right. I assume. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, this was Richard's choice. So I am going to go ahead and give the, the mic over to Richard. Awesome. Well, before we get into the book, can we start with like a little Richard back matter on the subject? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, if you want to let us know why you chose this or like what, what, you were thinking of when you came oh no 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 i chose it because jack kirby's the king <laughs> yes and this book should be <laughs> he's the true king. The, like um he's he's the, like, actual, uh, he's the, the stanley of comics yeah the, the, i was gonna say this country we usually throw kings out but like there's very few kings that i'm like yeah no that that guy's the king and jack kirby is one of those yeah. people i'm like yep yep i i respect that monarch but no the the reason why i was gonna say a little mm-hmm. richard back matter is because yo propaganda really works because I, because when I was a kid and I was getting into the comics, to me, Jack Kirby was just the other guy. Like, I, I, yep. I it was like in the, if you were a comic book fan in the, I think, 70s, 80s, and 90s, like, you were so inundated with Stanley, creator of Marvel propaganda that, like, Jack Kirby was honestly an afterthought. It's funny as we, as I go through the, went through the book, like, there's certain things, like, the first time I was like, Oh, like maybe this Jack Kirby guy is someone that like I need to like look into or revere, but like didn't have the ability. But like you know, they show the scenes in the actual book from uh the uh the ninety Superman cartoon where you know they have Jack mm-hmm. Kirby. Uh, I forget the uh, the name of the detective, but one of the detectives he's Turpin. His character Turpin. Thank you. His character design yep. is Jack Kirby, and he's a big uh part of the uh, whole new Genesis Dark Side storyline, and he eventually gets killed by by uh dark side because he's just he he he's too good to do like he's too too uh like 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 he's the thing that dark side needs to take away from superman to make it like a pyrrhic victory that like yeah mm-hmm. like you, you you may have defeated me but everything comes at a price is what he tells him and then like the episode yeah. is dedicated to jack kirby and i was just like oh like the 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 the, the, the other guy like the guy that like helped out stan lee is like how i thought of it at the time and then, you know, as I would go to comic book shops and talk to older comic book nerds, they'd be like, no, like Jack Kirby's the man, Jack Kirby's the man. But it wasn't until about 2015, I read uh, Marvel Comics, The Untold Story by Sean Howe. Have you ever given that a look, Brian? I have not, no. If you have it, you should. It's a really, really good book about the history of Marvel Comics. If you need it, I can send it to you. But in the book, you know, he interviews people that are still alive, you know, from the Marvel bullpen back in the day. And like they're giving you like the real deal stories, but they're for people that worked at Marvel, Jack Kirby was so integral to the process that when he decided to quit, they thought their jobs were in jeopardy. They thought that the company was going to shut down because he did literally everything. And that's mm-hmm. what I was just like, that's what I became like a Jack Kirby guy. Cause I was just like, oh, this guy is truly the king and he got a really raw deal. 
And that's part of the reason why I really wanted to read this uh, comic and I picked it up in the first place. But uh, the book starts yeah. out that we uh, meet the uh, parents of a uh, young Jacob Kurtzberg. Um, when they uh, meet there, they are from like uh, Austria, Austria, Hungary, and they have to flee, you know, uh, to, to the States, I think, uh, during the First World War. And Jack mm -hmm. is uh, like us. He's a fan. Like before comic books, he's a big fan of comic strips. And he loves to read them. He loves to draw. He loves the pulps. Um, and he was actually a sickly kid growing up. But, uh, you know, he, he had a penchant for art. And he would actually draw art around his apartment complex <laughs> and get in trouble. Well, one thing <laughs> that I did love at the beginning of the book is that um, Jack Kirby is actually from, like, uh, turn-of-the-century New York City. So, like, we're seeing these scenes that, like, I feel like if you, again, around our age, we're in all these cartoons of a New York that didn't exist anymore, where the boys play outside mm -hmm. and play stickball. Like, it's very much the New York, the city that uh, Hey Arnold is plotted in. Except, you know, yeah. real. But I always feel like this New York would like when we were kids, like this was the New York that they constantly show us in TV. I think even one of the uh, Simpsons flashbacks, I think maybe it's when Lisa's born, they're living mm -hmm. in a Springfield version of this New York. Yeah. But, yeah. but that's when he came in and he had like a little, he was in a little like boys gang, like <laughs> where, you know, they would just as easily knock people out, but like also help like little old ladies across the street, that type of boys gig. And he just was a big comic, you know, pulp nerd fan. One of the other things that I love about just this era is uh, like Jack Kirby becomes like a professional at like, I don't know, 14, 15 years old. Cause that's just the style at the time Yep, <laughs> that he's able to become like a professional artist. I think same thing, uh, um, Bob Kane was in that same boat but even years later like I think uh, Jim Shooter was like writing Legion of Superheroes for DC and he was like a high school student mm -hmm. like, they, you know, they even... kind of get into that as well yeah like well. just yeah. years after the fact like it just sounds so insane now like I think the only job like a kid could get these days is if you're some sort of actor but like these people like worked for newspapers and did real things at a very young age mm -hmm. um so we see him, you know, jump into the comic book industry. Also, like, I had no idea how much stuff that, like, we don't know about Jack Kirby's uh, work. Like, I didn't know he was, you know, such a strip artist. And, you know, the books that he did, like, pre-Captain pre America. Like, he, he has almost a full career before he gets his, like, big breaks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's, like, a, 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 a very, like amazing career for like a normal person <laughs> right like yeah and Absolutely. at the time he's uh he's still jacob kurtzberg but he's signing the uh things under different pen names and he's even working in the industry like a cup for a little minute before he comes up with the pen name jack kirby but he doesn't even uh it doesn't even stick uh <laughs> essentially like he's, he's still like trying out different pen names at the time mm -hmm. but uh he does get uh teamed up with joe simon and Brian, when you read the book, did you feel this way? Because I did, like, him and Joe Simon's collaborative relationship is what I kind of imagined him and Stan Lee's was before, like, I knew the history between them. Yeah. But, like, they, totally they seem like, like actual collaborators, whereas him and Stan Lee, there was always contention there. Yeah, exactly. From, from day <laughs> he, one. He literally says, I'm going to fucking kill him next time I see him. <laughs> <laughs> Part of this book. So, yeah. Oh man! Uh, unfortunately, or or fortunately, you know, he didn't have to mur murder anybody. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Well, 
yeah but yeah like um he's doing a lot he gets picked up at a timely uh, mm-hmm. but this is after Marvel Comics number one. So they are, you know, this post Superman. So they're fully in the superhero game. And, you know, he's kind of just a fill in artist. He does create the vision, which I didn't realize that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I the original know, vision. Yeah. The original vision. Yep. And then eventually, like, they create Captain America, which I never knew that uh, Captain America had to change his shield because he was too close to the Archie character. The shield. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. I remember hearing that before, but I, you know, I never like really put two and two, even though I knew that like, like um, that Jack Kirby created Captain America. I just never thought that like that was him that like decided to use the the round shield. But yeah, that was that. That's pretty cool. And then yeah, it's and, and also the whole thing about Cap- Captain Marvel, how they actually did the uh, the first Captain Marvel issue. Yeah, I had no idea about that. Yeah, he drew Captain Marvel number one. I was like, this is going to suck. We're just going to not put our names on it. <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, oh, wait, we probably should put our names on it because it didn't suck. It's, it's, it's literally selling more than Superman. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Like, even when, even the things that he's like, oh, this is a throwaway. It's like, oh, it's gold. Sorry, yeah. Mr. Kirby. No, no, like, same thing. Like, he, he did a retooling for Manhunter, which is that, like, the more yes. iconic Manhunter design, like Manhunter is always in that, no matter what form, whether it's the robots in space or different characters, it's usually that red and blue style of outfit DC uses to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the, the, though the, the, I feel like the older Sandman that he refurbished is the superior Sandman, but like, yo, like yeah. that Sandman that he uh, refurbished has history with, you know, Sandy the sidekick and all that stuff. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I had no idea that he did so much work for National. I didn't know that the uh, the Boy Commandos and the uh, Newspaper Brigade. One, I didn't know that they were Jack Kirby, and two, I didn't know that they were like semi autobiographical, unlike mm-hmm. his, uh, you know, gang of friends he was growing up with. Like, <laughs> like I knew about um, the Newsboy Legion. And I knew about, um, and I knew like the Yancey Street gang that yeah, from right. Fantastic Four. <laughs> And so I was like, and so when we read the beginning and I was like, oh, like he was Street Kings. No wonder he really liked using that trope. And I'm like, oh, but then, yeah, but like as we go along in this book, he uses that trope a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so much. Jack, Jack Kirby will go back to the same well over and over and over again. The thing is, is that I kind of respect it because like mm-hmm. he, he identifies things as a good idea. And he's just like, OK, like I just need to keep you know working at it to get it right but like he he believes in the concept so he's just like if i just yeah. tweak it and retool it again and again like mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll get to the proper golden version of it yeah exactly Ooh. oh we, we might have a little growling dog in the I background hear him. <laughs> <laughs> so we do get to the point where he meets his uh his future wife Roz, and he t- changes his name from kurtzberg to jack you know jacob kurtzberg to jack kirby uh legally Mm-hmm. But uh, he immediately gets drafted for WW2 and, you know, goes through basic training. He basically, you know, tries to drop that like, hey, like I I, I, I created Captain America. Like if anyone cares, like, like <laughs> if y'all yeah. don't want to send me to the front for like creating Captain America, like that'd be really good for me. actually. Mm-hmm. But no, he gets sent to the front like he goes to, to Normandy just after D-Day and he sees real action. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he gets ambushed a, a couple times and almost like, you know, loses it. And he just sees, he really sees the horrors of war and like it uh, greatly affects his art 
but also it kind of traumatizes him all through life. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And um, and like in fact, he even got a more difficult job because of his artwork because they made him a um scout, a scout to, yeah. to draw maps and stuff. And that they was were like, like, oh, so you could draw, you could do some topography. Yeah, <laughs> so you 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 go out there first and like see if there's any bad guys around. I thought that scene was so sad because yeah. they're like, oh, you're you created Captain America or whatever. He's like, yeah, yeah. He was so excited. And then he got made a scout. And I was like, like, oh, shit. Go out there and die. <laughs> you know, someone someone was not a Captain America fan, obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, no, he uh, he survives the war. He makes it back to the States and, you know, starts his family, has his first set of kids. And basically, him and Joe Simon, they 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 kind of go full partnership together, and they see that the industry is changing, and they change with it. They stop doing superhero books; they do crime books, romance books. Super versatile dude, like he can draw anything. Like mm-hmm. we know Jack Kirby's style; it's very iconic and it's very distinct. But like he, you know, when he's doing romance books, he'll change the style up, or if he has to do something a little bit more cartoony, he'll draw it in a more cartoon fashion. I mean. I think he got to start like writing Popeye, you know, doing film work for Popeye. Yeah. And that's nothing like his art style. Mm-hmm. And um there there is an anthology of his of the romance work. Um oh, really? that, that, that Marvel that Marvel released a, a few volumes of it. And I've been meaning to uh to check it out because Oh, that would like, be fun to check out. I'll have to track that down. Yeah. It looks really good. Um former former host. Darcy, she was a huge fan of that. She's actually the one who told me about that. Um, oh, really? So definitely want to check it out. Well, yeah. But I mean, Dar- if Darcy recommended it, it's probably a good look because she, yeah. she, she does know her comics. <laughs> definitely. Absolutely. But yeah, like, um, but he stay or Jack really works on pretty much everything. Like he yeah. takes silly issues. One thing that's interesting throughout the whole narrative of his life is that he seems always wanting to work because like he never wants to be without money, but at least in this, like the, the family's never just like really depicted that they're dire straits, but like, he always feels like, like if I stop working for a second, like, you know, my family's going to be destitute. It's Mm -hmm. a very weird. It's a very strange dynamic. Cause as like, we go on, you'll see him working, like trying to work a full schedule into his sixties. And it's like, now you can stop and enjoy the fruits of your labor, my friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even when he physically can't draw anymore, he's still like, gotta draw. Yeah, he's still, yeah, he's still like <laughs> grind work. mode. Yeah. But yeah, like the success that they're finding in the comics post-war, like after able to navigate, you know, all the changes in the industry kind of get completely derailed after Seduction of the Innocent comes out. And basically mm-hmm. comics get uh, blamed for delinquent, you know, delinquents and all sorts of just bad stuff in society like there's comic book burnings um so you know the comic book code is uh created but even after they tailor the books to like tone them down basically everyone's out of business and he's like the parent groups that uh were attacking comics just moved on to their next punching bag which was rock and roll Mm -hmm. but yeah one of the funny fun things too as jack is just uh going through the uh, the paces trying to start his own thing or working, you know, as a freelancer. It's wild to see how many people just come into the orbit. Like, well, yeah. before he's doing Spider Man, 
Jack Kirby meets uh, John Romita. Before Steve Ditko does Spider-Man, Jack Kirby yeah. meets uh, Steve Ditko. Before he was anybody, they, he meets Carmine <laughs> Infantino. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like everybody that's in the industry. It's just, um, you know me, I'm a big wrestling fan. And it's just yeah. one of those things that like, uh, whoever your favorite wrestler is right now, like you could find file footage of them as a nobody, nobody 10, 15 years ago doing like spot work from WWE, like either a squash match or they were just some background person. Cause it's like the industry is so, uh, so kind of uh, infestuous, I guess for the lack of better words, that like yeah. everybody works with everybody in some capacity, you know what I'm saying? And, and at the time that comic book industry was so small that like everybody came through the same door. So you just see every luminary, you get to see them very early before they, you know, some people 10, 15, 20 years before that they, they do any of the work that we really know them for. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. yeah, Jack Jack ends up going, you know, post-seduction. He, he kind of gets a good deal at DC and, you know, he's doing good work. But the the guy that is running DC is just kind of doesn't seem to be a fan of Jack. And basically you know, kind of keeps screwing Jack over. Jack kind of creates challenges of the unknown for them. He's making mm-hmm. a few different books, but like nothing, nothing really works out. And he is, and he just doesn't like working there and working for this person in particular. So mm-hmm. essentially Jack Kirby is just doing odd jobs and, you know, kind of things are kind of falling apart. He can't find work. He gets, he gets pulled into court and like, you know, some of the lawsuits about like uh, the comic code stuff. And basically he has to go back to timely Marvel hat in hand at some point after, you know, when he left before the war, when he left the company, he was like, he'd never come back and he was going to, you know, knock out Stan Lee next time he saw him. But when he gets there, Stan Lee is actually in dire straits and he's super depressed. And, but you know, Jack thinks it's because of the business, but basically uh, Stan, we find out that like his main collaborator collaborator had just passed away the night before, got hit by a uh, subway train, actually. So, you know, right place, right time. Jack Kirby and Stanley are not the best of friends, but they kind of needed each other in that moment. And <laughs> Stan was, and basically they had kind of made the resolution that like, hey, this looks like things things are about to go out of business. So like, if we're going to go out of business while with the remaining time that we have, let's do the books that we want to do. And they start out doing some monster books. They create Groot, Thing Fang Foom. And, they, you know, they're doing pulpy stuff. Like they do The Man in the mm-hmm. Anthill, which eventually evolves into Ant-Man. And then Jack decides to retool his Fantastic Four character, uh, uh, or retool his uh, Challengers of the Unknown into the Fantastic Four. But even with the Fantastic Four, they didn't want it to be a superhero book. That's why they have no costumes in the first issue. And the, the cover for the fish, first issue is mostly showcased by the uh, the monster mm-hmm. <laughs> that they fight. Funny. Such a great, great <laughs> cover, though. Yeah, oh, like, no, come on. It's an all-timer. Like, yeah, that's like one of the best com- comic covers of all time. And that was in 1962. I mean, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And we see things that, like, uh, Jack had concepts where really, like, Spider-Man was something that Jack had been trying to work on and tool out, but he kind of never got it done. And since he just had so much workload, he just kind of, his Spider-Man was not the Spider-Man of Steve Ditko, but like he handed, you know, Stan the concept, Stan handed it to Ditko and Ditko spun magic, you know, spun magic. And we got the Spider-Man that we all know and love today. Same Mm -hmm. thing with Iron Man, though Iron Man is pretty much 
uh, Jack Kirby's Iron Man, but since he couldn't work on it, he kind of didn't get the creator credit. <laughs> yeah, Stanley was very. It seems like he was very uh, apt to uh, to leave other people out of uh, out of stuff. <laughs> the process. So one of the things that's fascinating that they did in the book, there's a couple sections where they let uh, Stan narrate, and there's a couple sections where they let Roz, uh, Jack Kirby's yeah. wife, narrate. Mm-hmm. And I, I just thought that, that gave like yeah. fascinating insight and just like that other, you know, just a, a little other side of things, someone else's perspective. But yeah, no, you could definitely see. I mean, it's interesting because I, is Stanley a, a, a villain here? Because absolutely, yeah, I absolutely, feel yeah, I hundred percent. I think he is a villain in this book. The thing is, is that I, I feel that he is as well, but also like he has his own corporate overlords that he needs the answer to. Yeah. So like I'm like, is he? They they make him a when sympathetic villain. villain. Right, right, right. I'm like, is he evil for evil's sake, or, or is he the bad guy for bad guy's sake, or is it that no, the circumstances made him the bad guy? I think it's. I mean, I think, I, I think it starts out that the circumstances made him the bad guy, yeah. and then eventually, you know, he kind of goes off the rails, like you know, fame and. And money is a hell of a drug. And Stan yeah. seems to really be drunk off of it. Because Jack Kirby just seems to be a very unassuming guy. Part of the reason why like, I love him so much is that I, I think a, a great way to describe him is that he's just a pro. Like mm-hmm. Jack Kirby comes in and he's just like, what are we doing today? And he's going to get <laughs> it done. It's going to be done on time. And it's going to be perfect. Because that's what Jack Kirby does. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it great and I'm going to do it fast. You know, like, like, yeah. And um, I've always thought it was great that, like, how Stanley um, aged in reverse, like, in, during the 60s and 70s. Like, I always yes. thought that was kind of funny. And I'm glad that that was portrayed in this book as well, where when you mm. first meet Stanley, he's like this older looking, like, middle aged bald guy. And then, like, towards the middle of the book, all of a sudden he's got a full head of hair. Well, he's yeah, he takes burns. a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's always wearing sunglasses. Yeah. It's like, Damn, like he is in reverse. <laughs> no, no, yeah, he goes very f- full Hollywood. Definitely, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, you Which, just see Stan or Jack just plowing out ideas, like and concepts, and that's the thing that that's the thing that like is so unfortunate of how this works out. That like for years, like even me, like I was heavy into comics. I was just like, well, Stanley created all these things. No, like it ain't like. Like, like, it ain't like a, a 55-45 split. Like, um, in so many instances, it's 80-20 at best. Maybe yeah. 95-5, you know, Jack Kirby's work put in to Stan Lee's work put in. And it's so disheartening that, like, yeah, he really just kind of gets shafted. He kind of gets shafted his whole life. And, like, by everyone, not just by everyone. Like, to the point where that, like, he's hiding art and concept because he can't help be creative. Like, he wants to create at all times but like he doesn't want to show anybody because he's like i don't want to do this until uh i i can you know secure a deal that like i get you know well well paid for one of the wildest things is that he was getting better deals at the be you know better deals and better pay rates at the beginning of the industry like <laughs> pre pre him going to the war like he was getting royalties and whatnot and he was getting more shafted you know post-war absolutely mm-hmm. That's usually great. like that industry's work in reverse. It's usually like, you know, the people that sign the early deals get the worst deals. And then as the industry like gets more successful, then mm-hmm. like, yeah, people get, t- get taken care of. 
Like, people, especially in like the entertainment and like also like in sports, they don't get paid for what they're doing. They get paid for what they've done. Yes, usually. And then and and I, mean, and I, I think true. we see that with Jack at the end of the book because yeah, even throughout the narrative, he says he's like, I think I make more money on comics the less work I do as I've gotten older. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. He's getting better paydays. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, especially when he talks about the image paycheck that yeah. he gets mm-hmm. the, the first time he's ever got like a, a paycheck that like pays all the bills yeah yeah so i thought that was pretty yeah. cool and I, I mean again we're i'm sure we're only seeing part of the picture but like yeah he works like a person that like the house is about to be foreclosed on at all times like it's just it's i don't know it's kind of mm-hmm. admirable and a part of me that's like the way I feel about, you know, capitalism and everything as I've gotten older in 2023, I'm just like, no, Jack, spend time with your family, sir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but, get some peace. Like, I think he's like in, in his 50s or his 60s when he takes his first ever vacation when they go mm-hmm. to Israel. Yeah. And that was more like a pilgrimage than like an actual vacation. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah, we see the creation of all the major characters, the fa- uh, you know, Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer, Galactus, the Watchers, you know, Black Panther. And we also see that like Stan kind of or yeah, Stan kind of screws him over. Like it's like they do tweaks to his art. And mm-hmm. you know, and it's, and some of those tweaks may be better, but like it's not a collaborative effort. It's like he finds out about it when they hitch newsstands <laughs> that they they've changed some of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Or like, or like, Stan Lee like doesn't get the point of the story that was told to him, and he changes it, and and totally ruins like the, the effort, essentially. Right. Yeah. So definitely, yeah, he's the <laughs> he's kind of like the bad guy in this book, definitely. Yeah. But and I mean, yeah. like, if it's true to life, then it is what it is. But you could just is. see that, like, how, like, when I say Jack Kirby's a pro. You see people like Wally Wood. Wally Wood is basically in and out over there at Marvel because, like, I can't work like this. Steve Ditko yeah. gets frustrated and he leaves even earlier than Jack because he's just like, I can't work under these conditions, man. Mm-hmm. And like, and, and he's like, and we're and we're getting screwed monetarily. But like, you know, Jack just keeps plugging away, plugging away. But like, he has the new gods and Dark Side pretty much designed while he's at Marvel, and those won't see yeah. the light of day for another four or five years. When he finally leaves to go to DC, um, exactly. and you know, Stan, all all the while, Stan is like on the uh, media circuit, like he's making himself like a somebody, uh, while Jack is just kind of you know plugging away. But he's kind of running the whole company. Like he had to basically had to be like, I need to scale back my workload because I don't have time to draw everything. Because he would be either drawing everything or laying everything out and having people do pencils on top of his. Um, and finally, he was just drawing Fantastic Four and doing occasional covers, which, I mean, that's a pretty plum gig. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But I think the uh, moment in question, which I didn't even know the story about uh, him or Adam uh, Warlock eventually, and how, mm-hmm. you know, like it was supposed to be a type of more morality tale. And basically, Stan with his dialogue completely changed the moral of the story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I thought it was really interesting that it the character that seemed, at least in this book, to cause the most contention between them was the Silver Surfer. I thought mm-hmm. that was very interesting, you know, um, because, yeah, that, that seemed like that was like the 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 straw that broke the camel's back for for, for uh, Jack Kirby, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. It, it, it's, it's interesting, too, like in art, like um, 
if you listen, like I would listen to a lot of, I mean, I still do listen to a lot of rap, but you know, with these like rap crews and entourages, it would it'd always be interesting because like there'd be a lot of times where the breakup would be that, no, like when you signed me as this artist, you presented us as a family and I believed it as such. And now mm-hmm. you, you're, you're treating me like a businessman would treat me. But like, mm-hmm. you know, the other, yeah. you know, this is like, like a, you know, Jason's like, yeah, I'm running a business here. BD Siegel or like in Wu-Tang Clan Bruce is like yeah yeah like I love you guys but like also this is business so I gotta go do business and I feel like Jack was kind of like no the spirit of this thing is that like we're creators and collaborators how can you screw me over business wise like you're not even asking me before you have somebody uh draw a book with one of my characters yeah like you're starting a solo and like but for 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 Stan, it was only business, and for Jack, Jack's like, no, like this is this is yeah. something more than that. We have a relationship. I've known you since you were a kid. Like, how you know how can you shaft me in this way? And mm-hmm. like, I feel like part of the reason why they never connected is because they were on those different pages on those two things. That's a good point, it, it, exactly. And it was kind of funny too because um you know little little um you know like back matter knowledge about the whole thing was that you know like if you read the letter sections and stuff um you know that stanley wrote um and like the back matter for all the book all the comics it was all about the house of ideas it was all about the marvel method and the bullpen and so he made it sound like it was like a big old family and a bunch of you know you know people working together so closely and and making this great thing but you know like and that's what jack curry would have wanted it to be it seems but right. but but no you know the that was just, uh, you know, like the fabrication to make it, you know, look a lot cooler than it was. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and like, um, I, I'm sure you've heard like the Mary Marvel singers or whatever. Like, they did a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff to, like you said, try to portray that, like, yeah, the bullpen and everything. And it's just kind of like, eh, it's more like on one dude's back and everybody else kind of works there. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, he's he, he, yeah. The bullpen is literally on Kirby's back, and he's carrying it around. But so. yeah, like um, at this point, Kirby moves to the West Coast. He goes over to DC. He uh, jumps on, I think, uh, Jimmy Olsen, uh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, and that's like the uh, through line to start his uh, Fourth World New Gods book. And the wild things is that he he draws Superman, and they erases superman heads and redraw the face of superman it is the most disrespectful thing that you could that, do he's oh jack fucking kirby like mm-hmm. um, yeah i found out about this before i read the book and it like again i guess in the moment you don't know what you're doing sometimes but i was just like you did what to who do yeah. you know who that is like that's that's bad and disrespectful to any artist, but when you're doing it to, you know, the king of comics. Right. That's like yeah. if you walked up to Michael Jordan and be like, no, 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 that your, your shooting form is all wrong. Let me show you exactly. how to shoot. It's like, how dare you, sir? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, basically, same, same deal as always. Um, Jack is at DC. He's drawn the books. Um, the books are selling. They start out selling very well, but like, they feel that the books are too high concept. Like they're like, oh, like can you do something like the college kids like it, but the the little kids don't. So tone them down. And eventually, all the big books that he's working on get canceled. Uh, one thing that does happen is that uh, 
they have him using an inker, like a freelance inker that he used to deal with at Marvel, who he has, not that he doesn't have a bad relationship, but basically they had promised him that since he lived on the West Coast, it would be DC West. So he kind of wanted everything in-house. Like he didn't want to ship the stuff across the country and like not have like creative control. Mm -hmm. And what he finds out is that the artist is showing his uh, pages to the people at Marvel and they're ah. like ripping him off before deadline. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> and making him like the one that ripped, ripped off. Rip, ripped them off. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. Like it, it's almost cartoonish how like hard luck, like, uh, like the whole Jack Kirby thing is. It's just kind of like, yeah, no, no. Like there's always some extra banana peel for him to somehow slip on where he gets screwed over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then uh, basically Stan Lee writes a book called The Origin of Marvel Comics by Stan Lee and basically just gives himself all the credit. Very little to, <laughs> to, to Jack Kirby. Jack's pissed. But like he's still plugging away at DC. He creates a uh, Kamandi. He creates the demon. But like Kamandi was also another concept that like I think he created like in the fifties that yeah. he just never got to use. Like he just was a dynamo. He was always always working. Mm -hmm. Um, I really liked how they would um in this the way the story is structured here is that when he was creating something, um, it, it would it, it would they would show what inspired him to make those things. <laughs> Yeah. Too, like like what he was watching on TV or or what movies were on and stuff like that when he was creating certain characters. So I thought that was pretty cool. No, no, absolutely. But basically good, good narrative. Um things get sour at DC, so he uh leaves. He eventually, you know, hat in hand goes back to Marvel and they're like and you know, stands like because remember when he's at DC, oh yeah, he creates a, a couple parody characters and the funky flashman making fun of Stan and uh, <laughs> House Roy making fun of Roy Thomas. So basically, when he goes back in Marvel, they're like, he was just like, uh, they're like, not the web one. Like, you're Stanley, or you're, excuse me, you're Jack Kirby. Like, please come work here. <laughs> and like, we'll, we'll try not to interfere with you. <laughs> but of course, they still do. He does Eternals. They cancel that before he's able to finish. He does some other stuff. You know, he, does, he works on Black Panther. He works on Captain America again. And then after this, he's just kind of older. He does like, you know, spot work. He, 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 you know, does con the convention circuit and basically he does get a little bit happier because he sees like Neil Adams, like fight for the rights of uh, creators. And he helps like uh, mm -hmm. Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster kind of get some uh, creative uh, right back, you know, their names on Superman and kind of get some payments back for, for, mm -hmm. you know, how they were screwed. Cause that, like, mm -hmm. I think, at I think at least one of them was damn near destitute before all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then towards the end, like in the seventies, uh, eighties, he goes into animation. He helps work on Thundar. Uh, he worked on Turbo Team, which yeah, <laughs> I was just like, look, you do whatever you need to pay the bills, Jack. But that seems beneath <laughs> Jack Kirby. He worked on the Mister T cartoon. <laughs> I didn't know that he, that he pitched a uh, Wonder Woman cartoon treatment, which is still insane that Wonder Woman has never had a cartoon. Yeah, they call they call them you know the Trinity, and yet yeah, it's like the Wonder Woman's always like, but like just... Wonder Woman's never had a cartoon. No. She's never had a solo cartoon. She's been a Super Friends. Yeah, stuff. or she's yeah, or, or like the Justice League. Right, right, right. But there's okay. never just been a Wonder Woman cartoon series. Which, like, I mean, misogyny aside, like, yeah. She's just such a big character. Like you guys just like, like companies just like using known IP. Like I'm shocked that there's never been a Wonder Woman cartoon. I mean, that's just printing money. 
I mean, seriously, yeah. it really is. I mean, yeah, it's just kind of ridiculous that there has never been one. Because, yeah, uh, like, think about how many Batman cartoons and shows, right? Just been. different Batman series that we've had mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah, just never Superman, have, yeah, not one Wonder Woman. It, it just seems, you know, galling. And, yeah, and no, like, her history is like so great, too. And that's mm-hmm. a, there's so much stuff to grab from, but, anyways, I'm sorry, no, absolutely, I digress. <laughs> but, yeah, Jack just kind of does spot work as he gets a little older. He works on uh, Destroyer Duck, Duck with Steve Gerber, who both had like an uh axe to grind and it was really cathartic for them because they got to you know play out their Mm -hmm. like fantasies of like these people screwing them out of their copyright stuff and Mm -hmm. as he's growing older jack just sees his stuff getting adapted more and more more toys more cartoons none of them with his name on it none of him none of them with him receiving royalty checks and basically uh when there was a new uh regime at dc they called him back and they're like do you want to finish new gods do you want to do it multimedia multifaceted you're gonna get like royalties everything and he's like he's in it so i think this is where the superpowers dc superpowers of our like early youth and that toy line spins mm-hmm. out of jack kirby going back to dc one last time uh he eventually does see uh he does see a uh stand at a marvel 25th anniversary party and stands like hey we should collaborate again and jack's like yeah maybe we should and, and his wife ross is like absolutely the fuck not yeah i'm sure roz hates that dude because i'm sure her whole adult life is hearing shit about stan lee and how how much he pisses jack kirby off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, we just just see jack getting a little bit older we um you know he's able just physically to draw less the the that that crappy uh 90 80s 90s captain america movie comes out and they credit the the characters to stan lee which is wow like i'd be furious like stanley wasn't <laughs> even in on that one like like you know what I'm saying? stanley wasn't mm-hmm. even in the industry when uh captain america was created yep exactly and and i grew up thinking that he created uh, so captain did i america. no no so yeah. so did i even though like logistically like time-wise it doesn't make sense but yet yeah that's the way we were raised you know like that's what Jack. That's what um. Sorry, Stanley wanted us to think, and it's okay. right. Yeah, sorry. But yes, the Jack just kind of you know kept plugging away. He was working pretty much until the end, and then finally you know he passes, and mm-hmm. just after he passes, the name Jack Kirby just gets bigger and bigger. Like we learn more and more stuff. Those yeah. characters that he created become you know. The Marvel movies, the MCU, there's an Eternals movie, there's a New Gods movie in production. And, you know, he didn't get to see it. But and I think his uh, family takes uh, Marvel to court. They lose. They petition to see the Supreme Court. And I guess they get uh, a very, you know, a lucrative enough settlement that they don't want to go to court. That's uh, kind of how Marvel has always handled things. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of mm-hmm. just the story of Jack Kirby. He's awesome. Yeah. He's like, he's like low key one of my heroes. I love Jack Kirby. <laughs> that ending uh, made me. The ending made me very misty because like they yeah. were showing all the things that that um, that he influenced after his death, and it's just like, oh my god, it's, it's like. Amazing. And I mean, he died. I mean, not young, young, but relatively like you know, he died in his uh, like mid seventies. Like he could have been around for all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, um, especially yeah, with like Stanley dying. You know, in his nineties. Yeah, in his nineties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, but um, yeah, overall, um, 
kind of a fan. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I overall I'm a big fan um, of uh, of this comic as well as as Jack Kirby. Um, I think artistically, I I, I think Tom Scioli, um, I I mean he's known kind of of adopting kind of a Jack Kirby style, and mm. so he's just great to have in this book because he was able to like you know like you can kind of see you see the Kirby style throughout this entire book. Um, I liked how. Kirby generally was more drawn in a cartoony style. Yeah, like there's the a couple times that as he got older that he drew him as he looked in real life or closer to how he looked in real life, and you could really yeah. tell then where when he compared to his little cartoony version. <laughs> but yeah, I totally got like anime protagonist. Like, Absolutely, but because part. the thing is that the other characters don't look like that. Ross doesn't look like that. Yeah, no one else. Stan, like, yeah, no one else does. Yeah. So, and at first it kind of threw me off because I'm like. Oh, is Jack Kirby still like twelve? Because like <laughs> he looks really young, like a lot of the story. And I'm like, oh wait, no, 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 he's he's not he's not like fifteen years old. You know, he's he's an yeah, adult. No, it's, yeah, it's a specific artistic choice. <laughs> it is, but it, it it overall works. And um, yeah, I I I really enjoyed that. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, um, I was having this uh, conversation uh, with uh, somebody the other day when uh, they said uh, Jimmy Carter was in a hospice care recently mm -hmm. and you know mm -hmm. and i was just like we don't make a lot of just good decent people anymore in this country where yeah. or, or yeah. at least those people don't get elevated to positions of power where it's just like you read this book and you're like hey i think jack kirby was just like a decent human being like that was very successful very creative and like i feel like now those people don't get to do stuff either they get trampled like by the greater society or they get corrupted and they become like, you know, rich pricks only out for themselves. But like mm -hmm. the person that like, is just like, Hey, no, like, you know, I, I, I did a big thing. I became, you know, famous or at least famous in my field. But like, I just kind of kept plugging away at being a decent human. Like, I feel like you, those people, we, those, we don't find those people anymore. No, no, yeah, no. <laughs> if and you get rich and famous or you have a position of power, you just kind of, become a douchebag eventually yeah. <laughs> and like and, uh, and the people that we always like label as the greatest um like if anything like in like you know art sports or whatever it's like they never stop hustling and like that's definitely the vibe you get with the story too with jack is that he just you know he ne he never just sits on his laurel and be like i was the guy who created captain america like everyone should just keep giving me money it's like no i'm gonna create like an entire marvel universe and i'll get credit for it but <laughs> you know and then i'm gonna go over to dc and create the fourth world and then i'm gonna you know as i'm getting older i'm gonna like create commandy and i'm gonna create like um devil dinosaur and moon boy and you know it's like holy shit <laughs> calm down <laughs> yeah, no 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 just a dynamo of creativity like i i yeah. often think to myself is he the greatest creative force of the 20th century like or at least the american force because it's just it's so many things it's not, it's so yeah. many things that he created, but like the hit rate is so high to, to like, just put that much stuff Absolutely. out there for it to be stuff that endures, you know, like mm -hmm. dark side, as long as comics are a thing, dark side will be around. Captain America will be around the X-Men, Iron Man, Thor, Fantastic Floor. Those things are going to be around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And even his like more niche things are, you know, those, those get a lot of prominence every once in a while too, you know, like, right. Um, you know, every once in a while, you hear about like the challenges of the unknown, or yeah, or the or, demon, or even like or Omac. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. And they're 
DC and Marvel are still, you know, eating lunch on his ticket. <laughs> to it's this like day. you get the, uh, the Jack Kirby teats. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, actually, um, I don't know if you all find this interesting, but um, I actually, where I work, I actually work about a mile from the um, the cemetery that he's that Jack Kirby was laid to rest in. Oh, cool! And his and so the headstone at the end, I was like, that was just like a kind of a reminder for me, like Brian. One day you have to just go there and like and see it, you know, like payload respect. Yeah, because. I mean, like, yeah, thank you, Mr. Kirby, for my childhood. <laughs> like, even if I didn't realize it when I was a kid, like, thank Shit, you. my adulthood. I still my realize adulthood stuff. Too. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, wow. Um, yeah, just, just thank you, sir, for being a gem. Just a gem of a human being. Yeah. And, and creative as hell. fuck. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that he wanted to talk, basically fight everybody. <laughs> like that right, was like, yeah, no, no, no. If you got out of line in any capacity, he was like, well, square yeah. up. We're going to fight right here, right now. <laughs> and, then, and then he also was like constantly, um, you know, pushing over, like, uh, or not pushing over, but like, like pulling over the, uh, like new talent. Like, like he was like supporting the people that he liked. And he was right. getting jobs like Mark Evanier and like um I forget the other assistant's name, but yeah, those those two guys, you know, like like he was but like even the other contemporaries, like he's like, yeah. oh, like Steve Ditko, you're looking for work, I got you. Mm-hmm. Wally Wood, you're looking for work, I got you. Like he he was all about giving back. He he loved creative stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I think he knew what it meant. What, how it felt to not get credit for the work that they were doing. So he was always w- willing just but, to yeah, kinda... But even before they got to that point, I think yeah. he just like, hey, man, like, you're creative. I think you're good. Like, you, I want to mm-hmm. give you work because I like, I know what it's like to, to struggle. Like, he's like, I know what freelancing is like. So I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm putting out that olive branch. Like I said, he just seems like he was a really decent person. <laughs> and yep, we just absolutely. don't get enough of that anymore. Unfortunately. No, <laughs> so that should be like a, a thing for a talk show. Is a decent human being going extinct? Yeah. <laughs> be, you know, what uh, What was it? Like WWU, uh, JKD? What would Jack Kirby oh, do? What would Jack Kirby do? <laughs> Funny. Um, I, I have a, actually, probably the biggest question for you mm. all. Um, it's Actually, this is, this is 99% focused to carry. Oh. Because I know that you're you're not quite the comic book like historian that like Richard and I Richard and I are, mm-hmm. and so I, I felt when I was reading this like especially with like the, the you know they were kind of switching out like timely with Marvel like like it would be references Marvel sometimes as timely sometimes and like National and DC got kind of switched those those names a few times how accessible do you feel that this comic was like not, not whether or not it was like you felt it was good or not like but do you feel as someone kind of coming in cold about the history of like jack kirby and like the big two comic history do you feel like like you were kind of like it's super inaccessible it is um i really thoroughly enjoyed it yeah but the parts that i enjoyed about it the most were like the slice of life bits mm-hmm. um talking about his time, you know, in the armed services, talking about how he met Roz, um, 
kind of knowing he was a little badass kid with the badass attitude. Um, I think he's like a tiny, he's not, I don't know, tiny, but he's not a big guy. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but he carries himself like a big guy. Yeah, I, I, I think just learning about him as a human because I was going in cold, right? Yeah. I found those parts to be like the most exhilarating. And I found the parts about national and whatever and whatever. I got really bored because I was like, okay, I'm really confused. I It feels like the timeline is jumping around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm not following. And so it wasn't that his career isn't exciting, but like if you are somebody who's unaware of the impact that Jack Kirby has had on um, comics or even like if you just don't necessarily understand like how much he really did I think some of the um, comic history is a little lost on you like it Mm. wasn't as impactful to me as it would be to you guys but it was right. still very enjoyable and i was like oh he's like 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 what you're saying richard he just seems like a cool ass dude mm-hmm. like he mm-hmm. just seems like someone who is so interesting and like and multifaceted that i'm i'm interested in him as a human being but i don't necessarily for like lack of a better term like care how much he contributed because he still seemed like he contributed so much as a human. Yeah. You know? And so like, um, I, I, I thought the art was really good. I thought, I thought the whole book was good. It's just when it was, um, when he was there with the, uh, when you get introduced to the four other creators at national. Okay. First of all, when I heard national, I thought it was a like an industry term. For like a big job mm-hmm. like you've gone national yeah not you're working for national <laughs> exactly. so i got really confused i was like oh so just like national's like a blanket industry term like i'm working for national like you've made it big yeah not like you're working for this company for i was just yeah. called national <laughs> yeah exactly so i got like a little confused with that yeah um, carrie was like oh he made it to regionals congratulations yeah, yeah. i was like good you but no um, <laughs> like it's it's a, he's just fascinating and like i told brian um a couple of days ago that i really wish i would have known more about Roz because yeah. like their dynamic um is so good and and i know like at the beginning of the book um the the author is like okay well um I've taken like some liberties like this isn't like an actual autobiography but I'm using first person as like a storytelling device blah 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 and so like I I don't know I just really liked the way like Roz and um Jack um like kind of interacted and like their relationship and I wish Mm -hmm. I knew more also too like about Jack's work ethic I mean he's a child of immigrants yeah so like I just really felt very strong. Like I was like, "Oh, this is why he's working so hard." You kind of get mad at him. You like you were saying, like fucking spend some time with your kids. Yeah, like right. this, that. But, would but the thing great. is that he he even when he did make the time for the kids, but it was just like, well, he never slept, and <laughs> when he did sleep, he no, had no, 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 no. Uh, yeah. World War Two night terrors. But like, it's just yeah. like you could just take a break from all that and just like have a normal life. But no, it's just kind of like he had to grind at all times. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, it, I thought that was really interesting about him, too. But 
Um, as far as like accessibility, I, I do think it will be lost on someone going in cold to the lore of Jack Kirby. I really do. Yeah, I, I see that. But but I'm glad that you still found it very enjoyable. Oh yeah, and that, for sure. That's a testament, like to like the the how well it's written. Then yeah, you know, and it's very interesting yeah. because again, but I, I I think you have to enjoy like biographies of people yes you know like you have to enjoy like learning the history of someone because other than that like you're not going to fucking enjoy it but it is it is really interesting and um i don't know if you caught the panel where he's talking about like you know his later years or whatever or whatever and he talks about his friend from the boys republic Mm -hmm. oh yeah that stood up yeah at the cruise yeah on the cruise yeah yeah, and I was, and I'm like, oh shit! And it was just like a little blip, mm-hmm. right? That that you read that, and it's like, oh fuck, like that's yeah, nuts, you like, know? Oh, so you and weren't like, the only badass that came out. Of yeah, but also to like a very cool, like for him, like a almost like a bittersweet memory of like, yeah, if 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 somebody was, that's the kind of guy that was going to stand up to terrorists is like yeah. my friend, yeah, my mm-hmm. childhood friend. I'm like, exactly. oh, that's pretty fucking cool horrific yeah. <laughs> right right it's, it's horrible but like yeah those were, like it just it, it speaks to the type of uh caliber of human he and like yes. the people that he associated you know, or he grew up with for mm-hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely but yeah now, now that you mentioned the the uh son of immigrants part you i was like oh yeah that's true like <laughs> that that immigrant mentality because yeah. like we, I told you guys the other day, I worked a 17-hour shift because I felt that, like, oh, well, there's work available, so I'm going to do it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Like, you know, someone else I could have just as easily went this. home. My bills would have been paid, but it's just like, yeah. oh, there's an opportunity. And, yeah, no, that that immigrant work ethic, because yeah. it's like, hey, mm-hmm. where we came from, like, we can't go back to where we're from because it's bad right now. Mm-hmm. And if we, like, if we become a burden to this country, they will throw you out. So... Yeah. You better grind. Uh huh. <laughs> exactly. I used to have multiple jobs for many, many years. You know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I I married my token white boy that I <laughs> learned that I could live an easier life and not have to work three jobs. <laughs> She's been on a seventeen year <laughs> vacation. <laughs> Woo! Only one job uh, at a time. But uh, and I'm I'm a, I'm obviously not a child of immigrants, but um I. I don't know where I got it, but I definitely have. Had yeah, it. you have like I mean, ethic. where this is a total aside, but yeah, you, yeah. Your work there's a lot of traits I have that I have no idea where I got them. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of them. Yeah, maybe from some other good outside influence yeah. you had. But no, um, the yeah. the book is really the book is really good, and I I would I would suggest it to somebody who is a fan of biographies, a fan of history, or who wants to learn about maybe like comic industry history. Yeah. Um, I think that's very fun. Um, I do love the way uh Jack is is drawn. This <laughs> little chibi version. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. it's just fucking adorable. And it again, is. it makes it makes the, the subject matter very palatable. Absolutely. Because I think if he were drawn in a more realistic way, my eyes would have glazed over mm-hmm. a lot sooner than being attracted to this cute little character going through life. Even as a child, yeah. he looked like an old man TV version. It was just really cute. So, yeah, yeah um, totally like it. I um, think also, oh, oh, sorry, Brian. I was like, just going to say, Carrie, Carrie, to the point of what you're asking earlier, 
in everything I've ever read about Jack Kirby, like from his, people in his family to like other people that knew him at the time, uh -huh. he was just like, apparently him and Rob were super in love and like he was obsessed with her. So yeah. like they, they had like a really wonderful relationship in real life, according to everybody that knew them. That makes sense. Yeah. What he called her his greatest collaborator. Yeah, that was mm -hmm. oh yeah. I loved it. I was like, so that's just love. Yeah, that makes especially me so happy. when it's Jack Kirby saying that. I mean, well, I holy mean, crap. That's not. Yeah, he collaborated with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but also like that's not. He's not Jack Kirby, the industry giant to Roz. That's no. her husband. Exactly. Yeah, that's it's, it's super different. sweet. Yeah, I, I love, love it. that. Yeah. Um, one Tom um, Scioli has the receipts in because you know, the back there's the bibliography and has uh -huh. basically a reference to everything. He goes, Yeah, page no, no, page. He, yeah. and and I, I like that because he, yeah, he writes this in the as Carrie was mentioning, like the first person style, which I did like that a lot because it made it more personal, yeah. Um, but at the same time, when I was reading it, I was like, Did he? did he do an interview with like this guy before like he passed away <laughs> but then i was like oh no he's taking other interviews and right yeah you know stuff that yeah. he wrote and he's and he's using that to create this this narrative and that's why you also get with roz and stan lee in the middle of the of the of the story as well and yeah i i, I like that that style of storytelling where he's basically telling an autobiography but in a biography stance you know like a biographical stance yeah but so. very very clear in the beginning that this was not yeah. authorized as an autobiography yeah, exactly. right. i didn't read that so i read it like oh, oh maybe this was an interview and like he did a really good job <laughs> like like and then the th but um i will say this like i i mean i'd imagine like even though it's unauthorized if anybody in the Kirby family, I mean, it's so it's so yeah. glowing that I'm like, I'm sure oh, yeah. no one's upset that it's out there. <laughs> yeah, this is not a no. torrid tale of like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. it's not like Jack Kirby, the uh, notorious <laughs> takedown of. <laughs> yeah. If this was blah, a blah, Stan blah. Lee biography, if this is the Stan Lee biography, what's told about talked about about Stan Lee? Oh no, uh, <laughs> also be very glowing about Stan Lee. No, I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying that this book was exactly the same, but it was a Stan Lee biography. Oh, oh, Stan oh, got you. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, um, yeah, I I really enjoyed. Yeah, the narrative style. I thought it really worked for the for the book. Um, I'm biopics and like biographies, like written. I'm not a huge fan of, but like I always like comic book biographies. Oh, that's interesting. And I, I think this is like a very exceptional one one of those as well. You know, as a fan of the genre, I can tell you like this is a good a good version of that. Um, but um, I feel also Scioli's writing for his audience in this book because it's a comic book about a guy who created comic books, and it's a guy who, if I I always kind of made the joke that that like Stanley to like a tertiary comic book fan is is to jack kirby is to a like a hardcore comic book fan oh, like absolutely. like he's like when i made the joke earlier when we first started talking about this like that jack kirby is the stanley of comics that's what i was kind of saying mm -hmm. it's like it's basically like what, what everyone thinks lee it was it was kirby jack and kirby the, actually was yes yeah exactly so um and so like you know like someone might tertiarily interesting comics pick up a biography about stan lee but they're not really going to pick up a, a biography about jack kirby sure you would have never read this unless we were covering it yeah yeah book. yeah for sure you know so like um 
So I think that's why, you know, he kind of takes the liberties of like not explaining what national comics was or timely or who like Jim Serenko or. Well, yeah, yeah, that, that's what. And, and that's what I was referring to about yeah. accessibility. This is written for like a comic. Yeah, yeah, you need. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're not yeah. into you this background. stuff, it's just a jumble of proper nouns. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Oh, it's good, Jim Serenko. I love the fact that um, Mr. Miracle was based on him. That was really cool. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That's fantastic. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah. And then Barda was, was Roz. I, then I, I did that. know. Yeah, I. Because I, I, knew, I knew that Sue Storm supposedly was, was based on Stan Lee's wife. Oh, I didn't really? know. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That's what Stanley. At least that's what he said. <laughs> so I don't know if that's true or not. And Mr. Miracle and Big Planet, yeah. their relationship is so good. And she's the only person who can see through Funky Flashman's, uh, mm -hmm. like you know, nonsense. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh. So I thought that oh, was right. Ha um, has Carrie read Mr. Miracle, Brian? She's the, read the a little new, bit, right? The new oh, one. No, 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 oh no, no, you never read the Tom King Mr. It's good. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not you huge. would really enjoy it. There's some harsh stuff in there, but like, there, I think you'd really yeah. enjoy it. And their relationship is so sweet. I'm like, like when I read that book, I was just like, I need that relationship. <laughs> As a huge Dark Side fan, Dark Side coming to the uh, the baby shower and then like okay. stealing stealing dip from like the table. Jesus Christ, that's so, funny. So great, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's. I, I I I love and revere that book. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, and I have a I have a hard copy of it too. So oh, that might be easier for me to digest. Yeah, definitely. So I um, I um, obviously I picked this book because I thought it'd be good and I liked it. But also part of the reason why I was like I, I wanted to pick this book for Carrie as well because I was just like I feel like I pick a lot of books that like accidentally traumatized Carrie and I was just like I don't yeah. think there's going to be any accidental trauma in this <laughs> Thank you. I think this one's um, just going to be sweet and cute. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for doing that. Um, I've, I, the book I'm doing next week, I, I, I won't reveal what it is. I've already talked to Carrie about it. It does have to deal with like a friend's death. Oh yeah, it yeah. sounds sad. But but it's but it just that's the purpose of the journey that they're on. So um, we've already kind of discussed that. So hopefully that won't affect you too much. Um, but I was making the so because we know what the next three books are going to be. Um, you know, uh, uh, don't hype it up too much. I, I'm not because we don't want to get people's but hopes up. But I'm just saying that I was when I was like talking about it earlier on our group chat. I was like, you know, oops, all bangers <laughs> like season. Like, <laughs> like it seems like we're just choosing great books. Like, you no. know, so. Not to toot our own horns, but yeah. we are cheating. We are pretty awesome. We are in Doom toots as he pleases. See, like two of my favorite characters, even despite them being bad guys, are Doom and Darkseid. And like and like who created those? Kirby. Decker, like, yeah. No, no, no. It's it's one of the oddest things when I was just like, wait, all, all the stuff I like this one guy made? Oh yeah, so funny. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> Um, you know, I just realized I never talked about our DIY corner, but, um, okay. but yeah, next yeah, we'll do it next week. Okay. Uh, well, I think, <laughs> well, in that case, uh, do you guys have any final thoughts or anything else you want to add before we call it a comic book day? No, no, just Jack Kirby, King of comics and maybe even a better human being. Yeah, yes. I, I would absolutely King, agree. King of cool guys. Yes. What a stand up <laughs> yes. dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, then everyone, you're all stand up dudes for listening to our episode. 
I love you all. My CD babies. Oh like my God. God damn it. We had an agreement. I wasn't going to do Don't a lot that. of That's editing. Gold. That's gold. <laughs> That's gold. Okay. <laughs> You're the only one who thinks that. If you do, if you think that was gold too, email us at gmail.com. If you didn't think it was gold, just cut me down a couple notches. Okay. All right. Well, um, thank you everyone as always for joining us and like listening to our episode. Um on if you want to reach us on Instagram, Twitter, and good pods, CDV pod. Um Comics are better at gmail.com is our email. Best place also to uh, contact Carrie. Yes. Um, book clubbers Friday. We'll tell you what book we're covering next. Um, so you'll you'll be able to follow along if you want to. And um, Richard, where can we find you on the internet? Um, I'm at Topcat360 all over social media. I'm doing stuff. Nothing, <laughs> nothing concrete this time, but I'm just doing stuff. I'm on the internet doing stuff. Awesome. Very cool. <laughs> Me too. Not as not as well though. I can <laughs> say that. Um, I'm um, I'm at Brygen underscore CB on Instagram, and um, that's about it. Then. I'm I'm gonna uh, say something. Support your local queer gay people, drag queens. They need their support more than ever. Your local people that identify as such. Um, the trans community, everybody, every, a lot of people are under fire right now. Some really horrible legislation. Uh, you don't necessarily have to agree with me, but just remember that being kind um, and showing kindness matters. And if you don't agree with someone's lifestyle, you don't have to tell them anything because, yeah. you know, it doesn't that's matter. the way the world should work. If it doesn't align with you, then just let them live and let them live equally and just move on that's all that matters and remember that rights are stripped away slowly but fast yes and then there is just a new law that says that they can start uh technically they can start uh striking down interracial marriages and all sorts of bullshit so yeah you guys we're going backwards yes that's what i want to say i'm off my soapbox now thank you and if you want to talk about that with jerry email her at comments deserve better actually please don't (laughs) <laughs> oh but matt uh shout out to matt thanks for the book recommendation i'm gonna buy it excellent he knows what i'm talking about thank you matt um all right well so i guess that's it and uh for richard and carrie i'm brian and this has been the comics deserve better podcast and remember comics deserve better and everyone deserves comics I yeah think that as like cool as possible Okay, bye. bye. Thank you, everyone. If you think Brian is cool, email us at call. No, no, we're going to get negative emails. All right, bye, everyone. <laughs> All right. That Excellent. Was fun. So, Thank you. So, Richard, during your spotlight, um, you kept freezing, and we kept we missed, like, lots of it, but... um. We, we we missed a lot of a lot of stuff you were saying. So send us over your recording because I'm sure that it, it caught okay. on. Yeah, it caught it gotcha. And, and I'll we'll do it right right when we uh, log out. Then excellent. Yeah. So yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, yours is going to be the better, the better edition. I think food just got here. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Well, bon appetit, my friends. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you again. Nice this was a very awesome no. episode. And I thank you. About Sorry today. about yesterday, though. <laughs> Oh, don't worry about it. It's all good. All right. Have a good night. All right. Have a good night. See you.
Bye-bye.